My name is Johnny, and I have never seen 1933's King Kong. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine Owl Watch It. As always, my name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And this is the podcast where we show somebody a classic film or a film that is at least deemed a classic by somebody to someone who has never seen it before. Uh, as you heard up top, Johnny, it is your turn on the hot seat. So welcome. How Thank you. Feeling? I'm feeling very good. I'm very excited, uh, not only for this week, but um, I think it's uh, worth noting to our viewers that we're going to be doing a little bit of monster march madness if you will that's for right. the next few weeks yes um, so um this week we as you as johnny mentioned we are watching uh the original 1933 king kong film uh we will be following that up with a godzilla movie the original godzilla then the original godzilla versus king kong and then i think we might be doing a brand new movie um so kind of breaking from the classics realm and maybe taking a look at the new Godzilla versus Kong that comes out at the end of the month. So uh, something to look forward to there, kind of, you know, dedicating the month of March and the madness that follows to uh, monster, monster movies of the Kong and Godzilla variety. So uh, Johnny, I believe this was your idea. So I think we're going to, we're going to run with it and should be a, should be a blast. So make sure to, to listen to subsequent episodes as well. But as you mentioned up top, this is the original King Kong. Uh, this is something that is a, you know, a seminal classic. It's, you know, it's been noted for a, a variety of different technical achievements uh, for its time. So, Johnny, I want to know uh, what you know about this movie, uh, given that it is something that has been around for nearly a century now and kind of has permeated pop culture, maybe more so than than other films of that era. Right. I mean, like you had mentioned about, you know, this is like a like a watershed moment in special effects for Hollywood movies. Um, you know, people talk about Star Wars. They talk about the Cherry Race and Ben-Hur. They talk about, you know, Avatar, even the of late Avatar um, and even other movies. Um, but this is kind of like the first one that I think people were kind of like aghast when they went to go see it for the first time because they'd never sort of seen anything like in moving pictures quite like that. I think before that there was, now I don't know if it was a full feature, but the – lost in uh the land of the lost or whatever like another sort of um and i believe this is stop motion i mean i'm sure it's not cti but um i actually i know it isn't but um <laughs> it's a real um, monkey uh yes. got it i hope i'm right on this one because i'm usually wrong on this stuff but i've been familiar with king kong for quite a while mainly because growing up i was a huge godzilla fan and he always had all these adversaries um and a lot a lot of the movies were dubbed even the one that we'll end up watching is a dubbed version it was made by toho which was the production company who came up with uh, godzilla and i don't think the first like full iteration of king kong that i saw which i believe was peter jackson's king kong in 2005 which is a movie that i i don't think it's exactly polarizing but i think a lot of people are just overwhelmed by the running time and maybe they see it once and never want to see it again for me i adore the movie i think it has so many amazing adventure beats to it there's spectacle to it there's a lot of great performances in it like jack black and naomi watts and i just think it's yeah it's it, it you need like to cancel a lot of stuff in your day but i think it's a movie that is just 
by the end of it, like you're you're glad it's done, but you're glad that you have watched it. But I, from what my understanding is that it does follow very closely to the 1933 film. And I actually, since we've been talking about doing this, I was like, you know what? Let me see if I can maybe watch some of the other, not so much iterations of Kong, but to see like what's sort of out there. Um, and I noticed that the 1970, or 80, I don't know what it was, 75. It was a Jeff Bridges King Kong yep. movie with Jessica Lange. Jessica Lange in the um, Fay Ray role. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I gave that a I gave that a hero shot the other day, and it's not very good at all. <laughs> but in light of what I've been saying, as far as like you know, maybe King Kong, the sort of the the franchise, not stepping away too far away from the story itself that's been put in from the 1933 version, um, the 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 Jeff Bridges one and the uh, Peter Jackson one are fairly similar. One climbs the Empire State Building, one climbs the Twin Towers. I mean. <laughs> So it's it's they're fairly similar. I know what I know what I'm getting into. So I feel like I've I'm, I know I've seen this movie like with like my eyes closed, just like knowing what's going to be happening in this movie. But I'm very excited to just see what they were able to achieve in 1933. Um, I'm a sucker for black, black and white movies. I'm just a sucker for even though I think someone who would maybe watch this movie, like maybe Brian Bridget would be like, this movie sucks. Yeah, um, <laughs> but like this, not really as appreciating like the effort and like of its time. Like I, that's how you sort of have to kind of look at it through those lens. Like, like comparatively to other sort of special effects movies back then. Like, how did this stack up? And this, you know, was obviously the king per se uh, for for many 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 years. So in that regard, I'm a fan of King Kong. I'm a fan of monster movies in general. I don't care if it looks like a man in a suit. I think it's really cool. As long as the story around it and the way it's shot, and it's, it's all perspective, you know, if you put a camera down at the feet, down at the eye level with people, and it's still kind of a guy walking around in a suit, the disbelief is suspended a little easier than if it was shot maybe differently or more, you know, like Barney the Dinosaur or something like that, you know, where it's like, it, that's a guy in a suit. Um, Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry, am I ruining? Wow. Sorry, kids. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. The Barney's real? How dare you? <laughs> Um, so I'm sorry for the, uh, the long winded intro, but I mean, that's kind of where I sort of stand as far as King Kong monster movies, um, and pretty much my overall excitement for this entire month of uh, podcast. Yeah. And I think your, your kind of perspective going into this is the right one to have. I mean, without giving too much away, you're, I think you're right in the sense that you probably know this movie more so than you think that you do, given the other iterations that you've seen. Um, but you know, going in with the perspective of I want to see what the technical achievements are. I want to see what they were able to pull off for the time period is, I think, kind of the right perspective, because if you were going into this expecting to see something that you've never, ever seen before, uh, that might be the wrong, yeah. the wrong approach per se, which is different than some of the other movies that we've done where. You know, if I haven't seen Pulp Fiction, granted, I'll know some of the beats because they permeated popular culture, but there isn't an original 1920s Pulp Fiction that hits all the same story beats. That would and... be so sick. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. That's a very different uh, scenario. But I think you're you're going in kind of with the uh, with the right perspective and the and the right thought process. Bridget, what's your familiarity with uh, with either King Kong this movie or the franchise in general? So I could probably, I probably should have raised my hand in podcast form uh, when Johnny said he had never seen King Kong, because I don't think I've seen this version. Like, I I just am not sure, 
to be totally honest. Um, it's that thing of it has permeated culture so much that it is it is hard for me to know if I have seen a the whole film or just clips on TCM. I have seen the Peter Jackson one. I went and saw that in the theaters with my whole family because we were big Lord of the Rings nerds uh, at the time. And so it was like, oh, let's see what he's got up his sleeve next. Um, and I have seen parts of the 70s one with Jessica Lang. Did not finish it, though, because it was very boring uh, when I was eight. So I don't know. I'm excited i like monster movies like more of a godzilla kid probably than king kong clearly but i love mayhem and destruction like my favorite part of jaws is the part where jaws is on the beach and everybody's freaking out and panicking like i don't enjoy being in that situation in real life but i like watching it on screen <laughs> so you know scratches an itch well your favorite part of jaws isn't the town council meeting where they discuss what they're going to do i mean it's politics at its finest <laughs> <laughs> it is the appetizer for mayhem at the beach there always you go. starts at, at a town town hall meeting mm -hmm. um so yeah i i have seen this movie all the way through i can say that with 100 percent certainty i watched this a few years ago as i was gearing up for kong skull island to come out I was like, oh, you know what? I haven't. I really want to see this movie because I knew it was part of this interconnected universe they were planning that gets us to the upcoming uh, Godzilla versus Kong. So I was like, oh, I want to see this. I really like the cast. Um, so I went in beforehand and kind of did uh, not too deep a dive on on King Kong because I did see I saw this one and then I saw the Peter Jackson one right after this. Um, and I I like this movie and the Peter Jackson one is what it is. I won't say why I necessarily didn't like it right now. I will touch on that in the after part because I don't want to give away anything as it might pertain to this movie. But I did enjoy this. I mean, it is one of those things where it's it's all about the technical achievement. Uh, I'm not typically the biggest fan of the, you know, the movies from the 30s and 40s. I just, you know, I typically don't go back to those uh, too often. Uh, so I'm sure we'll do a a retro month as well, where we are just watch movies from the, you know, the twenties, right. Right. Twenties to fifties. We'll say. Sounds um, great. <laughs> and cover some of those, some of those gems as well, where people our age might not necessarily be like, what you haven't seen this. Uh, but you know, our grandparents might, or, our, yeah. you know, <laughs> our parents might've been like, Oh, I remember that from whatever. So uh, I have seen this one. It's just the once, but again, because it's permeated popular culture, it's, you see it for the achievement aspect of it, and there's really no need, at least in my eyes, to ever see it again. Now, granted, if this was something that you grew up with, or if you know King Kong is your favorite character, or this is just something that speaks to you, there's it's an easy film, I think, to watch multiple times if you want to. But just for me, I saw it the once, I got the gist of it. I've seen other iterations of Kong. Um, I did really like Kong Skull Island. I thought that one was pretty good. I think this is just not something that I ever would have necessarily gone back to had it not been just to either show someone else the technical aspects of it, to be like, okay, look at what they were able to do at a time period where they couldn't even make movies in color, you know? Right, right. So, you know, it's yeah. things like this in Metropolis and, and some of those older movies from 
from this kind of era where it's just like the movie is what it is. Uh, you know, it's good, but your your mileage will vary depending on how janky you think 1930s special effects are. Like, do you find Jason and the Argonauts a, a chore to watch because the skeletons are ridiculous and it doesn't look realistic and given that we've grown up in a time where, you know, Jurassic Park exists and dinosaurs are real. So Jason, the Argonauts is thrilling. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Um, But I'm glad you brought up uh, Skull Island because I almost completely forgot to mention that because I have seen that and not to, again, I don't want to touch on too many spoilers or anything, but Adam, you could easily say that against the 1933 one, the beats are not there. Maybe the first beginning of it but beyond that i mean it's really it's it's skull island they're on the island the entire time for the whole movie and it's it's kong right from the get-go a lot of these other ones like peter jackson's king kong and the other ones like the one you were talking about bridget the the jeff bridges one where it's like you mm-hmm. got bored yeah because it nothing happened until like hour 15 mark where he finally showed up and when he did it was a colossal disappointment so you probably did the right move in turning it off um <laughs> But I enjoyed Skull Island to an extent. I did really enjoy the newer Godzilla movie that came out. Because, again, we are talking about maybe that sort of newer monster universe that I think uh, Legendary is sort of trying to unpack. So, And then I saw King of Monsters, the, the other one, and I thought that was just fine. Um, but, again, I, I, I look at it through – I mean, today today it's like, okay, great. You can do all these amazing special effects. It's like we get it. We're going to the movies. We know they're that good these days. It's really the story and the acting and everything around it that sort of needs to be on par with that. Um, and I think that's been a big issue for a lot of those movies. And so that's why I'm excited for a movie like this because I know that the special effects back then were, like, amazing back then. And it's like the story – is good, but I mean, it's all in the service of the special effects. So I think it gets away with being a little more of a classic because of that. I think you take King Kong out of it and there's nothing. Again, we're talking about a movie that I haven't seen yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with what I'm going to be seeing. And I know that the the reason why this movie is remembered and revered so much is because of the special effects back then. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the achievement aspect of it that has prolonged it because otherwise it probably would have fallen by the wayside to history to where, you would just be talking about how, oh, it's that movie. It's not very good. Like the special effects are nothing. Like it's in it for three seconds, and it's just a guy with a monkey mask on that like sticks his head over it through the corner of the frame. Uh, but it created the character, and that's why we have these tentpole movies nowadays that we've revived that. But because it's better than that, um, it has stuck around kind of through the ages. I, you know, and like I said, I liked uh, Skull Island as well. But you're right, this is not this is not the same kind of story beat movie. That one is more of a like a Vietnam War movie that also features. It needed to do King something Kong. new, yeah. Yeah, which I appreciated it for because yeah. it is a it is a different take, and especially having watched 33 and uh, 2005 Peter Jackson, like I think in the days leading up to watching that one, I was glad that it was uh, a bit different and kind of told a different style of story than than these two, which are which do kind of mirror each other quite a bit. Right. Now, Bridget, have you seen anything of the newer sort of monster, you know, the newer Godzillas or King Kongs or anything anything like that? I mean, beyond Peter Jackson's? No, that's, okay. as, that's as far as I got. I've also not seen the 90s Godzilla with Matthew Broderick. Um, Don't. 
Yeah. I've seen enough <laughs> of that, that movie on like, your response. TV and the video. Like that was the movie that was constantly playing on like the TVs at like media stores yes. back in the day. And FYE so I, and Borders yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. Media play and all these other defunct stores that no longer exist. Yeah. Uh, strawberries. Strawberries. Yeah. Cause it was, borders. it was such a heavily marketed movie. Like they spent so much money in marketing that movie and reviving that sort of franchise that it, I don't even remember it made money. I think it made money. And it's funny because I like was literally like pulling at my dad's pant like we have to go see this movie like it's <laughs> going to be amazing. Um, and I think I remember actually being kind of like terrified of it. I don't know. I, it came out in 98 or 97 or something. I don't know. Whenever the whenever the little the, the little Godzilla's are running amok in Madison Square <laughs> Garden or whatever it is. It's like I don't want any parts of that. Like I signed up for the big dude, not the little guys. I. <laughs> Um, but, and then like years later when I kind of grew a brain, I was like, this movie sucks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that is that sort of iteration of Godzilla is dead to me. Um, and I don't think Godzilla has really had the pleasure outside of sort of the Jeff Bridges one. And I think there's one with Linda Hamilton after that, that, uh, fell somewhere between the cracks and lived somewhere in infamy as far as, you know, being like a $70 DVD on eBay because no one has a copy of it anymore. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I, it's, so again, just kind of circling back, I, I, I'm really excited for, for this movie in particular. I'm just excited. What I'm very excited for us to be watching a movie this old. I think the oldest one we watched was black Christmas and now we're taking yeah. like a 40 year leap even farther back. So I'm excited. Will we, will we watch a silent movie on this at some point? I don't know. It might be kind of cool. <laughs> I think uh, the dichotomy well, uh, of having an hour and a half long uh, talking podcast over about a 90 or 70 to 90 minute silent film is, is pretty funny. <laughs> I think it's really funny. Yeah. The juxtaposition of, of time periods is great. I mean, it's all like, we have to do is print out like the closed cat, like the actual, like the, the actual subtitles of the movie and we can just go over those. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for this movie. I'm very excited for this month. So yeah, I'm ready for the mayhem. Cool. Well, Johnny, what do you have to say for yourself then? Fine, I will watch it. Me too. <laughs> hey everyone, Adam here. Normally we'd have a little bit of a break uh, before we get into the second half of this episode where everyone sat and watched the movie King Kong. Uh, but as a little treat for Johnny, which you'll hear why coming up in that second half, uh, I've decided to include the full Once Lost Overture uh, for the 1933 King Kong You'll hear very quickly that uh, Johnny was a big fan of this, so I wanted to include this little extra tidbit for this break. Uh, it's about four minutes long, so if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, you can go ahead and, and skip to that later half of the podcast. I will put uh, time codes in the description, too, to make it easier for you, uh, but did want to just put this little disclaimer in here just so you don't wonder why we took a uh, an extended break for, for four minutes.
we are back. We have finished watching, uh, some of us for the very first time, 1933's groundbreaking visual monster mash of a movie, King Kong. Johnny, this was your official turn on the hot seat. Uh, so tell us, how are you feeling having finally seen this movie? Um, this movie fucking rocked. <laughs> I love this movie, um, and this you can tack it in. We've I know we've been searching for the one that's gonna sort of leave me on a high like I have right now. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy this movie. Um, I have a lot of notes, um, and I'm sure as you guys do too. I don't know if we want to sort of just kick it off from this, the right from the top. But I will say more movies should have an overture. I'm not sure if that's something you got bored with. But I, I know, <laughs> I know. I, I was going to say, I, if there's anyone going to skip it, I think it's going to be Adam is probably going to skip it. Um, <laughs> but I, just on a side on a side note, I, I really enjoyed just that that sort of getting you into sort of like the atmosphere of the movie with the score and everything. I know that these days we have the DVD ven- uh, menus that sort of recycle maybe a score or something in the background or whatever. Um um, I'm totally against DVD menus showing off footage from the movie. I hate that so much. I hate it mm-hmm. when Netflix does it. But with like just a score to kind of get you in the mood for it, I think if the DVD menu like laps like after maybe like a two or three minute track instead of like maybe like 25 minutes, it'd be a nice sort of like background piece. Or right, let's get everything together. Let's you know what I mean. You're not so much pressing start on the uh, on the movie, but you're it's it's. We're we're getting the mood, we're getting everything ready. You're getting the popcorn pop, and you're doing all that. <laughs> so I just I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, yeah, it did run a tad long. I was like, am I just watching like <laughs> like a supplemental feature at this point? I had no idea what. Else. And then obviously the, we got into the intro credits, which again another sort of thing that I wish more movies did, which I saw in a lot of westerns that I've been watching recently, is that sort of just like all the credits going forward. And when the movie ends, the movie ends, like we're not seeing it. Like again, like let's just see the crew right from the beginning. And I get it. Like these days you want to give everyone their, their fair due. I, I get that. When but there's I, rules and stuff in place now. That, no, right. Yeah. With know, the, the SAG, kind of, SAG yeah, rules exactly. and everything. Yeah. But I really enjoyed in the intro credits instead of just like the actors, it said the players. Mm. Did you notice that? It was like the players that had the whole cast and crew and it had like, and then it was like, and King Kong, the eighth wonder of the world. I fucking love that. Before we get too far away from it, um, the first time I watched this movie, I don't remember there being the overture. That's why I skipped it. Because I was like, I don't know what this is. This wasn't here, I don't think, the one time that I watched it. So I was very confused as to, I was like, is this some kind of featurette? Like, what is, because right, it just right, says right. overture on the screen. So I was like, and so And so since something? you skipped it, and since I was kind of curious when we were watching, because since it was going on for so long, do you know how long it went for? It's like four-ish minutes. That's so sick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brian was beside himself. I'm sure he I, was. I wouldn't, I wouldn't skip it. And about two minutes in, he started to lose it. <laughs> what well, I hope, is I hope, this? I hope we came Just back skip because there's it. Some good stuff later on in this. Yeah. So, all right. So you guys enjoyed obviously the the credits and portion. Maybe maybe not as crazy as maybe I did, but yeah. I just 
right from the beginning, I knew. So, like, the first, like, third-ish of the movie, I was kind of like, okay, I'm trying to, like, put together the pieces of maybe what I saw in Jackson's King Kong and other iterations. And everything sort of sort of fell into place. There wasn't a lot of good music beats or cues or anything that was going on, but maybe you saw later on in the, the second or third act where yeah, the, the music was very fantastic. Minimal. The score kind of came in in a big way. But as soon as they started like laying out the map and think got it, and then the fog sort of coming into, which is a, another thing that I just maybe a number of things that I have on my list that I assumed were maybe sort of Jackson's or someone else's sort of idea of let's put a fog around the island or let's do this, let's do that. I didn't realize how much this movie influenced other uh, Kong iterations. Like they have so many more ideas in this movie that were replicated than I thought they were more creatively came uh come up with you know what i mean yeah and that's why i was trying to tiptoe around that in the the intro part because i had mentioned it before that i didn't like as much uh, peter jackson's king kong version because i watched them back to back and they're so so similar obviously yeah. updated graphics and people that you recognize and different things like that but it hits so many of the same story beats where it's almost the identical movie. And then Jackson just doubled it with stuff that didn't need to be there. And so watching them back to back and juxtaposing them that way, I was like, I could not stand the Jackson. Cause I was like, it's just that other movie granted from, you know, almost a hundred years ago or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you did yourself a little bit of a disservice doing that because you're just immediately comparing it and you don't have like the time to sort of stew have years of sort of reflection live upon yourself with this movie you know what i mean like you did it back to back so it was literally just like okay we're, we're comparing you know white to black or, or left to right or whatever true um, but then at the same time like i saw kong skull island and it was different ideas and a different kind of story with that same character um so i feel like there was probably more wiggle room to not do almost a shot for shot remake and then pad it out to be three and a half or whatever hours that that it is um, but that was kind of what i was touching on before is that there this movie is so much the like the absolute blueprint that they basically just said okay we're going to remake the same movie almost shot for shot but then we're going to add in a bunch of our own things to put a spin on it rather than tweaking, out, yeah rather than tweaking the story to make it their own they just copied you know, it was like, okay, let me copy your homework, but I'm going to add a few things so it doesn't look like it's the same. Yeah, and and listen, I would say if like you're not copying bad homework, this is like the no, student exactly. who's like like doing straight A's in in the class the entire the entire semester. I mean, mm -hmm. this is the one you want the notes off of because all the 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 stuff. And I don't want to get too far ahead of it, but like you know, just going to the island and then the 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 attack and the the necklace being dropped and you know just there's all these little things that I maybe would have assumed were creative elements that were brought into because i just going into this i thought okay i'm gonna get a very like stripped very stripped down king kong story from the jackson story because i know just from like the the supplements on the dvd or whatever i maybe have seen in the past that uh, jackson had spent a lot of time making sure that he paid a lot of respect to the first one and not sort of deviate too far and make something too weird sort of make that sort of uh, that audience maybe saw the the older one and be like oh i recognize all these bees these moments but holy crap this looks so much cooler and with the cgi or whatever and i and honestly i have arguments where there are scenes in this that are better than 
Jacksons, and I'm talking like action wise. I, I um, say all, almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. I, I would make. I would. I would. I'll. I'll be the first to say it. Yeah, I, I listen. Listen, I, I. The action scenes in this, it, and I don't know what it is psychologically, but just having it being stop motion and ha- the way they filmed it and how old the film stock was and. If you had tried to maybe do stop motion maybe 20, 30 years later, which I know they definitely did, that it looked more and more less real because of how well the the film stock looked and the the, the color and the more detail. The the fact that the cameras were so old and they didn't capture the detail they did back then does this fucking movie a lot of good because it it blends it very, very well. And Mm -hmm. the the lines are, are, are seamless almost throughout again. I not jumping too far ahead. So we're whatever we're, we're on the boat. We got, I think, uh, Anne, who is played by Faye. Faye Ray. Ray. Yeah. Okay. I, at first I didn't really get into her until like on the boat when she was talking with Driscoll and sort of like they're flirting or whatever. I sort of like, wait, that's flirting. I've been doing this wait, wrong the whole time. Okay. 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 <laughs> when okay. He's okay. Nagging her. Okay. Yeah, because... 1930s, uh, flirting. Um, yeah, 1930s nagging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I will say, and I right off the bat, even when we get to uh, the opening shot, when you finally see, but the credits are gone, the overture's gone. It's thirty hours, thirty minutes later. <laughs> uh, we're on the dock, and we have like an interaction between like a guy in the boat, uh, someone who's on the dock, and then like someone who's like a witness to like what whatever's been sort of happening. And right off the bat, I love that. Like, it's. Every male back then in movies is so aggressive the way they talk to each other. Like there's no like a friendly – like everyone's like a stranger. Everyone's an almost an adversary or an enemy right off the bat. And the Listen way they talk to each other – is a common vernacular. <laughs> yeah, there's such a vernacular and like there's such a rough, aggressive way they talk to each other that I absolutely love. And it's so noirish and it's – I wish – you know, I hopefully with this podcast we can revisit some of those great – um uh, movies from back then because it is that sort of thing where like there's no way we can make sure this 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 guy this male character in picture can look as manly as he does we have to make sure that he sounds in aggressively like nature you know what i mean i'm not sure exactly if i'm getting too far off but a lot of that like banter in the beginning like totally was like i'm i'm in for like a nice 1930s 1940s sort of black and white mm-hmm. like uh stripped away um movie like I almost picture that every character is just three seconds away from like pulling a gun and being like, "I'll show yeah, you." Right, exactly. <laughs> they all have their hand on the trigger. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah. A a lot of testosterone. <laughs> Again, I I think our our movies are bleeding together between creatures and uh and uh, male uh, machoism, but but it's um, such a different such a different version of it because like in Predator, it's all about like the over the top strength. And the like the absolute muscles and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But in this, it's more the strength is through assertion and not through like physical strength. It's like, let me tell you what's happening. Oh, yeah. Back then, because no no one was really a bodybuilder back then. No one was like big. It was all in like, if you you got ahead in the world, you got ahead being off your intelligence and your strength. And if if you were in a fight with someone at a bar, it was like over a math problem. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it was just like. No, bodybuilders back in the day are like the caricature circus of like they've got the big circular dumbbells and they're like, I can yeah. lift a million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's very it's a very different time. 
so whatever there's there's some i don't think there's really of anything of a note on the boat besides sort of a little bit of character villain between driscoll and Anne. Um, well even before we get to the boat i think it's worth mentioning the fact that Anne is a hundred percent kidnapped in this scenario oh yeah she's definitely taken right from her so she's coerced by a fruit then into a diner <laughs> and she's fucking like kidnapped to like indonesia yeah, she's about to pass out from hunger, which is why she's stealing fruit. And then he's like, don't worry, I've got you. And then he just whisks her away to a coffee shop. Oh, it is a whisker. He grabs it from both, like, biceps. And he's like, like <laughs> you're leaving. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Like someone yeah. being removed from a Megadeth concert or something. <laughs> I love the sequence of them in the diner, though. That was one of the things I, I, I really, I really like that, too. Yeah. There's a, a line that he gives her when he says, like, I want to give you a job and Fay Ray's eyes do this great. <laughs> they get a little bit wide and then they narrow. Like her face is doing so much work as she is basically speechless through most of when she's getting monologued at. Yeah. But she's still you can see her having that conversation through kind of her her facial expressions. Mm. No, yeah, that Dinerson was really good because I, because even beforehand, I wasn't sold on her and I wasn't really sold, even though you didn't really see her for a few seconds, but I wasn't sold on him completely. Mm-hmm. And I really started enjoying him more. Den, uh, Denim, right? Denim, yeah. Carl. Denim, yeah. Once we got into the boat and then even on the island, like some of the the lines and everything that he was kind of throwing around with the natives and everything were of his time, but funny nonetheless. Yeah, his reveal on the boat of, like, the grand plan, which obviously he's keeping close to the vest because no one in their right mind, correctively so, is going to sign up for something where they're not being told where they're going or what's going on. Um, So his, like, big grand reveal of, like, I got this off a Scandinavian boat, man. And he only got it from the the briefest glimpse. And just, like, that whole rundown of this mysterious island that's on no chart. That Like, that whole sequence of him just spelling it out and them all going, like, "Uh uh-huh, okay. We can't go southeast. There's nothing there for thousands of miles. Like, we're not going thousands of miles. We're going to this island right here. That's great. Yeah, I you know I I enjoy the fact that they geographically put you to sort of. I mean, later on in the movie doesn't really matter anymore. But I like movies that sort of try to explain to you that okay, this is what the island is or where we're going. This is how we're going to get into it. A lot of times it's really up to imagination, and sometimes that's fine. But here it was good to sort of be like, okay, we're there is a beach and there's only one way to get into it. There's a wall right here. So just having sort of a, a little bit of visual aid for that is just is nice. I know they maybe spent a little more time on it than they needed to, but um, I enjoyed that they sort of spent just a, a couple of seconds on that. Yeah, it's and like the, the couple of drawings that they have of the island do a good representation of, like you said, there's only you have to go through the reef and there's just the one gap. And then there's the one peninsula, and then everything beyond that is jungle. And I love the little sketch of the Skull Mountain. Yeah, you know, it's great. there to be like that's it's the Skull Mountain. You, you can't miss it. <laughs> no one's ever seen it except this one guy, and his whole crew died. But you can't miss it. All right, so they're hearing drumming like coming from the boat. Is it they're going? Is it during the day or the night that they they first leave? I'm trying to remember correctly. It's still during the day. During, during the day, and they're okay. allowed to do. That's right, because they're like doing like a reconnaissance or seeing what he can possibly film with her. It just a, a quick backup. I did really enjoy the sort of uh, direction of that scene where Denim sort of directing her about like mm-hmm. what to do with the looks and everything. I thought that was fairly authentic. It doesn't seem too far away from what I think that a director back then would have done. So I I enjoyed that that attention gotta, to the detail. You gotta know which side of her face is the best one. 
Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but so, yeah, so, so far I'm very sold on a lot of the characters. I think they're, they all fit into exactly to who, who they need to be. The actors themselves are doing a good job with it. And then before we get away from it, because I don't think we've touched on him yet. What do you think of Driscoll? I know we touched on his his flirting a little bit, uh, but his incessant need to uh, tell Anne that women are terrible and they have no place anywhere, especially on a boat, and yet somehow is also in love with her by the time they reach their destination. Oh yeah, it's I I couldn't pay less attention to that. It was just uh, I, as soon as I started going, when I knew where it was going, I was like, I'm just gonna just it's it's whatever. It's sort of someone's. 20s 30s you know wet dream idea of how to sort of like you know treat a girl on a boat like i don't understand exactly how like i yeah i think they call it exa- wooing <laughs> it's called romance yeah it's yeah. pitching yeah. woo as, as yeah. far as i know but i i again I, I i i knew what i was getting into i knew i i put my brain on that wavelength of like people that were back then like how they would have talked um again and there's a lot of Indiscretions and indiscretions, things that were going on in this movie that I mean, we may touch on, we may not. But I mean, to touch on this one lightly, it's like, yeah, it's 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 of its time. I don't know, like that's how guys talk to girls back then. It was just <laughs> it, it it is what it is. I, it's it's horrible, but um, it's they did what they could. It's there's a couple lines I had to write down because I was like, holy shit. And please, yeah, I want to hear it because I write down. Um, I loved her <laughs> and love, uh, but the conversation they have where she's saying, oh, but everybody gets along with me. I'm doing my best. I'm trying to stay out of the way. And he essentially says, well, doesn't matter. Women can't help being a bother. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, oh, no, me. And she even then, does that, pouty, that perfect pouty face of like she's looking away, like don't talk to me like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. But she, but she's not even. It's not even a don't talk to me like that. Like because you you know this is this is a pre code film. So 1934 is when the Hayes Code really starts to be enforced. So there's a lot of things that happen in this movie that couldn't have necessarily happened. Do you want to enlighten the, our viewers with that? The the meanness towards women uh, would continue. Um. Uh, so the Hayes Code, you know, and various production codes in Hollywood existed during the time that this film was made, but they're not really enforced until 1934. And, you know, it's essentially putting a morality clause on what can be shown in film. So nudity, interracial relationships what was termed white slavery particularly like talking about like white women doing sex work almost like Uh, a subgroup of the mpa now or mppa whatever it is these days yeah but like very much whereas the mpaa can say okay you know saving private ryan is an r and lilo and stitch is a g just as an example um this is more pr related this is a yeah, and this is a like you this film will not get made. Um, you cannot show this, produce this. So a lot of films that are made prior to 1934 do examine these themes and like get away with a lot. And there's a lot of that in this movie, particularly the scenes of Fay Ray's clothes being pulled off and like right. she's not wearing a bra and her legs are the just the way this film is shot. Like you can, you can tell. 
and some of the implied lust <laughs> that Kong has for her and the implied sexual danger that she's in, um, which is even kind of touched on in that diner sequence when Denim has to be like, oh, no, no, sorry, I should explain myself. I'm not trying to sleep with you. I just want you to come work for me. I swear yeah. I'm on the up and up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I which I think, just jumping quickly to Jackson's Kong, is that, and this is a number of things that I thought Jackson's Kong did better than this one, is that they, like, humanized and made you realize that this guy maybe be, like, a, a dirtbag. He's kind of trying to make money, like, the next dollar, but he really is trying to, like, maybe help her out in some sort of way or another. And later on in the movie, you do see sort of Jack Black being, like, a lot growing as a better Driscoll than maybe this one note Driscoll is in this movie. You know what I mean? Like, there's un- most of the, the most of the positives with Jackson's uh, Kong is that he opens up the characters for each one of them, and they have more of a spectrum of emotion than than they have maybe here. And that's whatever, completely understandable. Yeah, I I mean, in some ways, I prefer the the director character in this one. Like, he's just, you know, he is who he is from the jump, and he's unwavering, you know? Yeah. And it, like, at a certain point, I don't, I don't need to see him have any sort of character arc. I need to see the monkey fight a lizard. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> and you fucking get it. And I yeah. get it. But to go back, like, and I do think that his character, uh, the denim character, is more compelling than the, sort of the romantic lead in most respects. Like, he's just such, a, and maybe it's because I hate his negging ways, um, <laughs> but he's a drip. I, I just, who cares? The other line, and I think we'll just leave it here that I want to have put on the record is he says, I love you seemingly out of nowhere. And she says, you hate women. And then he says, you ain't women. Oh yeah. I wrote that too. Yeah, you ain't women. Like, like that's some sort of like, like uh like romantic way of saying that, like you're, you're more beautiful than others. You ain't, yeah, no. you're not like other girls. Yeah, yeah. Instead of saying like, you're not like other women, he goes, you ain't women. Yeah. So, yeah, it's he's 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 canceled conjunction there. Um, How long do you guys figure they were on that boat? I mean, you 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 figure they're sailing from probably New York. They say okay. I think at the start is what they he anticipates. Uh, Yeah, I don't know how long the boat get from there. It's usually in Southeast Asia. Is usually the area that I think they do say that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he says to the diner that you're going away for like forever. She's going to Saturn or something. Listen, I enjoyed that character too. I think I think he's I think he's great. I, you're right. Does, is he needed? Well, I, he is needed. Yeah. Whole like he yeah. needs to like film something, someone on an island. He needs to do like that sort of aspect of it. You know what I mean? So it's really it's like, do you decide? Would you rather have this sort of like character where he's very maybe not very little screen time, but maybe not as much as like a Jack Black in. In Jackson's, where he's he's very much almost driving the story for the first like two thirds of the movie, mm-hmm. and and there's also some sort of like you know you know compassion for 
her uh, acting and like the, the the development of the picture itself. He's you know he's very infatuated. He's a director. He wants to create a movie on this island, and I feel like the the character of Denim gives up on that fairly quickly. I thought when I was when I was watching it, I'm like, oh, take out the camera, take out the camera, do this. And he always did it like five minutes like when later than when he should have. Yeah, right from the giggle, I like Denim, I like Driscoll, and I like I like I like Anne. I mean, those really like the three mains. I mean, other than that, mm-hmm. I don't think you really have any other The captain's kind of fun. Especially yeah, I mean, when he's like uses, you know, uses I, a I, translator. I, I really like that like 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 Denim comes on the boat, he's a director, maybe has been on a boat for whatever. But he just gra- somehow he just grabs like a captain's hat or something. He's just wearing one for like a long stretch of the first third. Oh, they're all wearing them. I think Driscoll's got one too. I think the I think uh, so like all the males have to the wear only one, one that's not wearing a sailor hat of some kind with like the you know the gold uh, designs like, on yeah, it. Yeah, you're not wearing one, you're off the boat. Yeah, yeah, you're a nuisance. Yeah, <laughs> you're a bother. Just wait off the boat. <laughs> So when they first hear the drumming, and then I – or not even the drumming, I think. Maybe they hear the drumming, but they come to the island. They get through the fog. They breach the fog, and they see the island with the wall. And right off the bat, like that was the first, I think, effects shot that we see in the movie um, as far as like like a matte painting over sort of what's happening there. And I was sort of like floored a little bit by it. I was like, wow, that looks like pretty fucking decent. And again, I don't – I haven't watched a lot of movies from the 30s that really compare it. I think for most people, maybe entering this space would 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 say like a like a Wizard of Oz or something like that would say like they would think about how that would look. So I think they came out maybe five or six years later, like 38, 39 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right off the bat, I thought the mat, at least the mat painting looked really good. The wall looked good, and. I, again, I, I think if it was shot like twenty or thirty years later, it was just it wouldn't look the same. But the fact that the the camera is as the quality as crappy as it was back then, the way it looks, it just blends. It just it, it blends better than like you would need to maybe do in a present day movie, where it's like we need to blend this completely fictional character or space with a, a real person. They have to spend thousands and thousands of hours digitally making sure that those lines aren't there and here they have to thank the cameras and the technology they had back then you know what i mean it just looked it looked it looked good the other part of that shot that i also really liked was the birds mm-hmm. laid oh, out yes, over yeah, like, like again th- this movie is like flush with details that i didn't really anticipate being in there another was just like birds flying around they like didn't need that they put it in, and it it feel it, it looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's enough other creatures once you get to the you know the island proper and and through behind the wall, so to speak. But you're right; those birds didn't need to be there. But that already gives you that like, okay, there's actually wildlife here. There's it's more than just vegetation and the villagers and Kong. There mm-hmm. are other things going on. There's other animals, uh, so it kind of sets you up for what to expect. Once you get onto the island, yeah, and that was an, when I so uh, I told you guys that I watched the um, the seventies version of this, the one with uh, Jessica Lange and Jeff Bridges, mm-hmm. and that movie felt the island felt so empty; it didn't feel alive whatsoever. There was never any of those like even shots of birds or were shots of other animals. I mean, in that movie, there's the only living thing you see on that island is. The humans, or whatever the uh, the humans, uh, the people from New York, the people from the, the tribal people, 
Kong, and I think you maybe see a snake at one point, but there's no birds, there's no like 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 bugs, there's like nothing they could have they should have added to make that look better, but they didn't. And this this movie, like almost immediately from the get go, even from the map painting from seeing the island, I was like, this movie's better than the Jeff Bridges one. Like <laughs> like right off the bat. Like right off the bat, it looked it looked so much better. It felt so much better. There's a clear hierarchy. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of quality. Okay, so we're we're on the island. You know, yeah. we've we've made it here. We're showing you the kind of the the tribal aspect of the island. We knew there was a village going in. What did you think about the the setup to what seems like a sacrifice to to Kong? All right, so there was a, uh, an original girl there, which is which they typically I think was almost the iteration that I've seen. There's an initial sort of offering to Kong mm-hmm. that has either come to fruition or not or whatever. Again, I was anticipating all of these beats. I was anticipating sort of, you know, the uh, infiltration of the tribal area in front of the wall. I thought the, I thought the wall looked really good. It looked like it was a big, like, back lot set. It looked really cool to me. Yeah. Uh, it could have it easily been cheated with, you know, more matte painting or whatever. But no, it was – it looked like 40 or 50-foot walls that they constructed at whatever they had back then. And it looked really, really good. And I, you know, there's all the interactions with them creeping up on them. And then I think they were sort of like peeping through like a corn stalk or some shit like that for a minute. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, listen, if, if we want to touch on it now, I mean, I just, the, the way they treat the tribal folk and everything else, it's, I don't know, my, my hands are up. Like, it's like, it's, I, I don't know, it's, it's, Peter Dra- Peter Jackson did a, a really smart idea and made the tribal people look less like you couldn't really pin them where they were from. You know what I mean? Opposed to maybe here where it's like, OK, like these people are from the continent of Africa. You know what I mean? It's like 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 with Jackson's, it was very like ambiguous, like they were just very smattered with pain and like the, the way like, it just it was a very it – was, it was a much better way of approaching this. But again, 1933, I can't – it is what it is. Yeah. Um, uh, culturally insensitive is yes. maybe the best we can give mm-hmm. the portrayal of the natives themselves. I do – I agree with you that that set is fantastic. It's fantastic. Especially when you can see, you know, all of the – the actors and like up and just the scale of it is enormous. Um, you know, in today's day and age where so much of that would be done really with a green screen, you know, it is, you love to see like that sort of big set, but yeah, the whole, like, I mean, on the one hand, I am glad that they didn't come in and they weren't immediate like savages. We got to stop them. And like, Make them. They're at least like, hey, let's approach them. You they know, respected the part, them, yes. Yeah, the part where they get caught and Denim comes out and he's like, guys, it's okay. Like, let's just everybody come out. Let's just all talk through this peacefully. Whereas I feel like other things from this era and even later eras, uh, probably too 
continues on for much too long, they'd be like, that's it. We got to take them out because we're going to save that girl. And this is our island now and kind of take over a little bit because they've got guns and gas bombs and all these other things where they're like, no, 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 let's let's talk this out. Let's see if the cap, the captain thinks he recognizes them. They seem very similar to this other group of people whose language he speaks. So let's go. Let's try to talk to them. Let's see if we can you know, start a dialogue here. Granted, he's probably hoping there'll be extras in the movie, uh, but at the very least, they they treat them as people, even if the depictions are uh, less than desirable of you know for for now times. I mean, right. I would I would make the argument that there's still even on their part, which is a realistic depiction of if a bunch of white men on a boat showed up on an island like this in 1933. It's this is a probably a realistic depiction of what would have happened, but there is still the element of like we're going where no white man has gone before, mm-hmm. like seeing what's never been seen, like yeah. oh they're not used to gunfire, <laughs> you know. And then particularly with the when we get to the part where they come and they abduct Anne, you know that's playing on like a lot of racist white tropes, like mm-hmm. dating back pre cinema. When you look at Birth of a Nation, like it's there and it's yeah, and they and they and they and they, and they touch good. on that like they, they they glide up they glide up upon that with a few road bumps where you know even I think Denim says something to the effect of you know oh well you know it looks like blondes are scarce around this place you know what mm-hmm. I mean it's like it's it's the golden woman yeah the golden yeah. woman yeah so it's 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 there it's something that you know for someone you know in our generation or even i would even hope maybe prior generations would realize that this is not you know there's indiscretions and other things that maybe are there for they're they're they're, they're there for a timely reason you know what i mean it's just the fact that it is mm-hmm. yeah the movie, it's a product of its time. And it so is. It's it gonna is. Make it is. It... So you can't, you can't really like, uh, you can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. There's things about this movie because it's a product of its time. The matte paintings, the practical effects that make it fantastic, and there are parts of it that are leave that in 1933. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the 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 part that makes this okay is that this isn't a story about the tribes people this isn't a story about going to and finding this lost city or something like that like this is a very small part uh, of the overall movie to the point where like once they kidnap Anne and they go on the other side of the wall this is pretty much the last time you see them other than the the panic that gets in so moving past that because um, i feel like we you know, kind of touched on everything we needed to there i want to get to i want to get to kong i want to get to the meat and potatoes of this movie That's okay. true. i want to okay. get to kong so johnny yes uh you see Anne's been kidnapped what do you think of the first initial reveal of king kong okay so she's taking she, she's taken from the boat in, in the same fashion that i anticipated you know what i mean to sort of grab silently Brought to brought to the island when they realize that she's gone and then they cut from them to the island and it's like this sweeping shot over the crowd and the gates open up and it's like that is one of the probably the best shots in the entire movie it, like it looks so grand and so horrific the and, and again I'll, I'll touch on this a few more times because the music doesn't really do this movie justice until 
like that second third of the here. movie when yeah. here here yeah um everything and boat and previous there's almost it's like no it's sport. like yeah it's like nothing it's like little notes here and there and sort of like the, to sort of push the movie forward yeah. um so yeah she's tied up and during that whole sequence it 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 it's so intense like i like like the music is so good here it's not like played for like it's like don't 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 it's like and this woman's screaming at the top of her lungs and it's like this is fucking like 1930 like this is fucking nuts it was it was intense they tied her up and then when kong starts coming through the woods i the first thing when i when he started like opening up the the trees and everything i was like this is one of the most intense things i maybe ever seen like ever like i i'm i i'm i'm being very honest with you like it was that cool that intense that scary that awesome and i recognize the imp- inspiration now for something like you know the t the t-rex coming through the gate in jurassic park and they did a very smart move where they cut the the music almost right at the right moment where it's just like just the him roaring and her screaming and it's like holy shit and and, and i want to get to the fact that uh, Faye Ray scream queen like the best scream queen ever in my opinion it may have gotten to a nuisance at some point in this movie but oh my god it was it was terrifying it was terrifying to watch yeah it's uh, brian actually watched the whole movie with me he stuck it out i'm very proud of oh him. good i'm glad <laughs> even though it's an old black and white movie and he started like kind of laughing at the point that he shows up because there it, it and He's like, I'm not laughing. The effects are what it is, but I'm partly laughing thinking about, you know, being a person in 1933, seeing this movie and being absolutely terrified. Terrified. Absolutely terrified. Gertrude's popcorn all over the place. In, it just it's like it's it, 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 it's King Kong's like it's not even like a roar it's like a it's like a it's a howl like almost like he's like ah 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 he's Tim Tailoring and yeah exactly <laughs> and she's screaming like at the top of her lungs again I've seen like pretty much again the, the popular iterations of this this one the seventy one and the uh, the Jackson one and this was the most. This was the best first interaction with King Kong out of all of them, by far, by far. I, I will say though, that, I, that? I, I said I will say I do laugh the first time they show the close up of the face, and I don't know what it is about the face. It's not that it does it. It's not that it looks faker than the rest of it, which you know, obviously the the 30s stop motion well your mileage may vary there as i as i mentioned before but something about the eye every time yeah. you don't see the eyes it's menacing and then the second you see the eyes it's the goofiest thing i've ever seen and so i keep getting like, taken out of it and i just think it's because it's just the it's again it's the product of the times that there just wasn't a way to make it not the silliest thing I've ever seen every time they show the eyes. <laughs> yeah. So again, I, I understand what you're saying, but for me, when I watched it, it felt like a nightmare. It was like, it was someone who was like, like either killing me with a menacing face and gleefully laughing at my own pain. You know what I mean? Like that's the way, like it was the way they sort of like they, cause you can tell it's all, it's all stop motion. I think we can yeah. really, I, I don't think there's at any point 
that there's anyone in a suit. They're not at that point as a stage. It's all stop motion. Like Kong is all stop motion. Yeah. But his face with like the move his lips and his eyes and everything are so sporadic and crazy that it just makes it more terrifying that this fucking thing is so unhinged. But again, he has a little bit of a brain on him, I guess. But um, it's yeah, I, I, I thought that the opening scene of, this was maybe the highlight of the movie for me. I thought that was incredible. Incredible. And the, the next 30 minutes are incredible, too, for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, after she gets kidnapped, we come across some of the other creatures on the island, which, to me, I feel like the effects work a little bit better there. So what did you think about some of the uh, things from the dinosaur family, as they are <laughs> so eloquently referred to uh, on the island? So I think we we meet a stegosaurus after. Yeah, I think that's the right one. Yeah, um, it seems like it's a. It's definitely from the dinosaur family. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a stegosaurus, I believe. Yeah, I enjoyed. So again, right up. I I like that it was. So if you separated that that scene, it was like okay, so stegosaurus was maybe like a middle part of the frame, and then there was like the the absolute foreground, which is the. Uh, the, the crew watching everything that's going on and I was watching it and I'm like, this is, this is looks pretty cool. And then I didn't realize that the stick of sources were going to punch through all like almost the, the dimensions or if you will, like, or the, uh, you know what I mean? He punched through the second, third coming towards him. Like, Holy shit. Like this looks fucking sick. If I, again, looking through a 1930s lens, I would have been shitting myself. I, like that looks so awesome. It looks so good. It, I this whole the whole second and third act, the second act into the third act. I I can't imagine what people were thinking back then. I I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, and it's just breathtaking to really think of like just how that shot would have been constructed. Because I think with a lot of the shots throughout the dinosaur waltz, if you will. There, where you're seeing, you know, the actors interacting, and then you have the stop motion. I think that's rear projection, and just the way that would have had to have been set up mm. to work is fantastic. So, like, even one thing that is great about watching this movie. So, I think you can easily stay in it. Like, you don't necessarily feel taken out by the effects, but even if you are. Just thinking about how this would have been done in 1932 and the sheets being hung and setting up the projector is uh, It's crazy. It's wild. Like, even when they're... So they kill the Stegosaurus, which they put, like, maybe five rounds into that fucker's head. Like, like stop! Including there, the, there was the that, like, that, one, one, that one last shot yeah. where they shot yeah. him. He's like, ah! And just, like, like died out. Um, but, like, that... Like, when they're walking across, even though it's like, okay, we're on a projector, it like the skin of it and the detail of the the creature looked looked great. And that's yeah. part of why I think those effects look better than Kong is because we get those close ups. Because I feel like the only close up we really get of Kong is the hands, the feet, and the face, which I've already <laughs> expressed my well, uh, I, love yeah, hand with the well, face. But you you don't get to really see like the you know the hair on his body ever. You don't really get to see that kind of, you know, like there's no point in which they kill him where you walk by it and you see like the close up and the detail the way that you do with the dinosaurs. 
Yeah. And I would also say too that with, you know, cause it is stop motion and they have Kong move it every time all the fibers on his back, they move. So he does look janky throughout because his hair, all the fibers are moving all the time. But with the dinosaurs, it looks a little more fluid because there's none of that sort of detail, the sort of, you know, like, oh, that looks like it's, 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 it's fake or what have you. It's, it looks, it looks a lot more fluid because it's, it's all skin. It's not like hair, like you would mm-hmm. see on a, on a, on a Kong. But yeah, like, does he fight the Psychosaurus? No, he fights the, no, he um, fights the T-Rex. Yeah. Well, no, but he fights the, does he fight the long neck before that? No, the long neck just attacks the people. And that's when the mayhem really starts. Like, I was shocked by how violent that this movie was. That was so violent. <laughs> so many little dolls getting picked up and like, dropped oh and my picked God. up and dropped. And I, I, was, I was blown away about the the dummies, and, and not only the dummies, but the, the, how well the dummies worked. Mm-hmm. It could have looked really fake. It just looked fake. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know what I mean? But, like, it, it, it worked so well. Um, and the good thing yeah. is they're small enough in comparison to the monsters where you never have to see close up what they look like when they're flopping like because they're ragdolling like these are little weird action figure dolls they've created for all the humans uh, and even in some of the moments where you see you know Anne interacting with King Kong where he's like putting her down like that's a stop motion figure as well so yeah. like there's different parts where even the humans are stop motion but because the mon- the scale is so different, you never really get to see a close-up. Like, they didn't have to have a realistic dummy on, you know, draped across the set to make you believe that this person was being picked up and thrown by the mouth of these creatures. And I think that's – it works for the better because of that huge sense of scale. I agree. The part that, like, we started to lose it over here was when they're trying to cross the log – and Kong has come to them and he's flinging them off and one by one the dummies fall down and they they do they ragdoll yeah and it just it is so visceral yeah because you know? you know, in a movie today you would have the you would have like the tracking shot and the close-up on the person's face like ah! the Hans yeah. Gruber but in some ways it felt more realistic because that is what a body would do. It would rag tall. It would yeah. just be a sack right, of right. flesh. Um, just incredible. incredible. No, yeah, I, I, uh, so those shots and everything that was in that, so like the, the dummy shots and everything, it could have been played for, you know, an adventurous sort of action scene type of stuff, but like almost every one of those scenes are played for like a, a horror effect. Mm-hmm. The music is like, done, done. And it's like, ah! it's like some body being flying. It's like, it's, 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 it's fucking intense. It's not, it's not played for more like a, like Indiana Jones swashbuckling. Like, like even when, uh, there are a couple of moments in Jackson's Kong, which are horrifying, which are the bug scene, you know, when they all, when they go down in the crevice. And a couple of the scenes where Kong is sort of facing uh, some of the people in the movie. But beyond that, the scares in this movie are played for, again, a little more of an adventurous type of vibe. Here, I felt like like they were trying to shock the audience so hard. And I, I, I felt it. I felt it 
90 years later, whatever the hell it's been. You know what I mean? It, it feels that good. And it's helped too, because I feel like nowadays you would get, you know, the long neck would pick up six guys at one time and you would see arms and legs sticking out of the mouth and there'd be bleeding yeah, and everything. Yeah, like, just like excuses to use the, the body of the animal or whatever, yeah. Yeah, but here, because I think they're going one by one, that adds to the intensity of anybody's going to get picked off at any moment. And, you know, granted, it's a smaller crew. And if they brought them up and killed them in batches, it wouldn't it would be a lot shorter. So therefore not as terrifying. But the fact that, you know, when they're on the log, especially it's one person falls off the log and then a couple seconds later, it's another person and then another and not three people, then five people, then seven people. Then you wonder how they fit all these people on the log to yeah. begin with. Yeah. And the, and the log was something that I anticipating happening with this movie because it happened in, in the seventies version. It happened in Jackson's version. So I was like, it must be coming up. It must be like an iconic scene coming up where all of these guys are shaken up. But this was the best version of that for me. Like that was fucking amazing. So what did you think of the, the T-Rex fight? Um, I thought it was amazing. I, what I'm thinking about further monster movies and things we'll end up be watching is the people in costumes in here. It's all stop motion. So you're free to sort of do any sort of movement or any sort of flipping the animal or flipping however you want in a way that you want it to be without looking at too ridiculous and it looks really good here i i i don't know like i again i i'm a, I, we talked earlier the jason argonauts and you know a sinbad in the seven seas and all that other stuff it looked really good to my eyes and you know what I, another thing that i thought that maybe was maybe a jackson detail in the 2005 was so he almost kills every every time he kills every animal kong kills every animal he grabs her jaw and makes sure they're fucking dead, and then he bangs his chest. I thought that was a Jackson detail. I didn't realize that was like an original thing that they did back then, and I l- fucking love that. That I love when he mimes the oh yeah the jaw, yeah jaw with the yeah, T Rex. He where he's like yeah is he, he dead? just like, is he he like, like to make sure resistance? he's dead and he just bangs yeah. his fucking chest. Like I'm I like I I'm the king of this this island. I love the blood effects too when he's when he's wrenching the you know the T Rex because it's mm-hmm. it starts out where you you're like oh is the blood because it's harder to tell obviously in like a way movie but then the more he kind of twists the jaw and the more he gets closer and closer to that final just like neck snap essentially the blood is there and it's not spurting out like it's not like a you know oh, like seventies yeah. schlock war fest but it is one of those things where it's just like. The more he's ripping the skin between the top and bottom of the jaw, yeah, the, the more effects look really out. good. Yeah, and it's just that attention to detail where you wouldn't necessarily expect that from a stop motion monster fight in the '30s. So I think it works really well. It looks so good. <laughs> so Kong brings her back to his cave, and I thought the cave looked fantastic. I was like, that looks so good. Almost like Lord of the Rings type of good. Like the way the matte painting was and like the way it looked, it looked that good to me. You know, he fights an additional snake in that in, in that uh, sequence, which was great. Yep. Um, pterodactyl too. The pterodactyl too. Yeah, exactly. So we have the fights. We have the fighting there and the fighting there. And then we have um, Driscoll sneaking up and they're kind of like roping down the rope and Kong is ripping <laughs> He's, he's, I, yeah, he ain't going nowhere. That 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 was great. 
But yeah, once once they finally get to the beach, and I'm not even entirely sure. I don't, I'm not even entirely sure I remember how they got Kong. They threw one like like one gas bomb at him, right? It was just mm-hmm. the one. Because mm-hmm. you know, in and then in, he kind of like it, chokes on it almost, like it's yeah, yeah. right, right. It's right. a regular explosion. But then there's almost, but the way Kong reacts is that like he has been gassed, he has been, you know, like he can't breathe, which seems weird because they're outdoors, and I'm sure the wind would have taken it away, and he would have been fine. Yeah, right, right. It does feel a little bit like a anticlimax in some ways because I would argue like the destruction in the village is also incredibly visceral. You see all the houses going yes, down. Yes. There's a baby mm-hmm. in the road. Mm-hmm. He's ripping people from their houses and stepping on them. There's so many people that are eaten in this movie. Like, I was I floored by people. that. I thought that only the dinosaurs did that. So, so when he is gassed and just is like, oh. and they're like, all right, put him on the boat. And then we're immediately in New York. Which I like that the movie doesn't give you a lot of time to kind of think about how long is he like going to be asleep like, for? Like how we got how on are the we boat getting out on the yeah. Where does he fit? Are, is this? Do we have to dump any cargo? That sort of thing. It's just like, don't yeah. worry about it. That's and not the no, problem we need to deal with. And there's no scene where like there's a sickly Kong on the boat, and there's some so somebody that we've met goes over, and they're like, "It's okay, it's gonna be fine." Like Ooh. we're just gonna put you on display, but you're okay with that, right? <laughs> uh, like, and I'm glad it doesn't have any of those things because a lot of times it's like you don't, you know, I don't believe your character cares about the well-being of this thing that just tried to murder you, however many days ago it was. Uh, which is even compounded by the fact that when they get back to New York, she's still scared to death to be in the same room. And they're like, don't worry. It's, you know, it's chrome steel. You're going to be fine. I love that Kong <laughs> finds her right steel. away, too. That's pretty funny. Uh, are you talking about, like, when he goes and finds her in the yeah, hotel yeah, well, or whatever? Yeah, but we'll, we'll get to, I guess, the, uh, so he's now in the auditorium, if you will, the yeah. whole setup. Did you guys pay 20 that... bucks to go see that? <laughs> I I laughed so hard at that dude. Twenty. I I wanted to. I didn't do. I didn't want to do a quick look up back uh, with that. But I wanted to know what twenty dollars was in nineteen thirty three. But it was probably it's about four hundred dollars. Okay, that makes sense that's, for Broadway. That's so awesome. Four hundred dollars <laughs> seeing Ape. Come on. Yeah. Uh, a ticket to a Yankees game was thirty five cents. Just to give you a little bit of. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, this might have been aftermarket Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> i like all the you see the people coming in too it's a yeah, little all, bit yeah, the all people, the bustling and everything yeah the marquees the sliding, like the yeah. time square yeah it's the sliding in is like in jaws when you have the town hall meeting of you have these people having conversations they clearly don't know what they're about to experience and you know as the viewer they're about to get rocked by a supernatural force. Oh, yeah. I love the lady who's like, I can't sit this close to the screen. My oh, eyes. I love that. I love that because I know that there were plenty of people that I've seen just going to see regular movies that are like, I can't sit this close. My eyes, my eyes. And I've been there. It sucked ass. So I understand. Mm-hmm. No, she was she was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> 
he's like, well, the, this is no motion picture, ma'am. And it's like, well, that's that's what that's what Dennis makes. He makes the he makes the motion pictures with the animals and the tigers and the, the lions. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I you know it was funny the first like when they first opened the curtain and they showed Kong's face at the crowd like he just smirking like an idiot like I thought that was so funny like it was just obviously very unintentional but like it looks so funny. <laughs> I laugh every time they show the face. I can't yeah, help I'm... it. It's so silly. <laughs> it's so it's silly. something in the eyes. It's so silly. Mm-hmm. But his escape, like him punching through the wall and then eating like a lot of people. With, he's fucking up a train for a little while. That's uh, yeah, it, very cool. It's a very cool scene. The car and accident. Did you oh, catch yeah. that part? Like right when he gets out on the street, then people are starting to freak out. A car just drives into a building, and a guy flies out. You have the him climbing up and pulling the wrong woman out of a window and mm. then dropping her. Splat. And they do do a little bit of a Hans Gruber for her. Yeah. Which is, I think, up there with one of the scarier moments. Because you can see now the stakes are set of like, that could be Anne. Yeah, he's fed up. Yeah. She has been lucky so far. Yeah, I loved when, so we eventually get to her apartment, I guess. It, he just ridges his, his hand in and just grabs the bed and just slings like, it close. close to the, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. It looks so much fucking better than the uh, the 70s version. The way they had like a hand come through buildings or it just, again, like I said, maybe because it was it's as old as it is, the way it was filmed. Those sort of lines aren't there. The sort of the seams aren't there, but it look it looked good to my eyes. <laughs> I do also just to come back one more time to his face. I laughed so hard um, as he's like, "It's gonna be okay. The police are coming. The fire department is coming." And you see, it's just the eyes in the window. The eyes. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, so, but that is, like, that's such a, someone is in your window and, like, can get to you even though you think you're high up and safe. Right. So we have Mayhem on the train. He destroys the train, which apparently was a ride at Universal Studios at one point, possibly. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then we get to the climb to the top of the Empire State Building, which is, you know so yes. iconic and i and i love this uh scene when they are in the uh wherever they are the barracks or the ship or wherever they are they say uh he's talking about oh wh- what are we gonna do how how are we gonna beat kong like how are we gonna kill him finally and this guy goes planes and he goes you're right planes and like they all like Genius. like leave the room like go get more planes <laughs> it's like i i love that so much yeah I mean, it's better than them being like, you know what we haven't tried yet? Blimps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, blimps. Yeah, blimps would look very well, yeah. yeah. Multiple balloons tied to a lawn chair. <laughs> we'll put our oldest man on it. Yeah, Yeah. the the Empire State Building climb is great, and I love the wide shot of Kong climbing it and the airplanes, like, like just just coming in on it it looks so good to me and peter jackson did a great shot of that as well where it was just a very 
by the way, he did an excellent job of recreating like the entire New York City, like the way they made it look and the way they shot it. It looked amazing. But this shot, I was like, just take that shot. That shot looked just as good. It looked it looked just as 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 good as yours. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know beautiful shots in that, and I think they even did a, a good job too intercutting with the the close-ups of them in the plane with the guns where like that could have seemed really janky it could have immediately taken you out because of the the way in which it would have been created you know going from the miniature set or the rear projection to just a standard close-up because they're clearly you know on a sound stage in a fake plane or whatever but it doesn't come across that way uh, and so that sequence is made the better for it because you get the intensity of you know the machine gun fire on him and then you go back to this big wide shot that shows the action and how it's working and you see kong you know getting hit by the bullets and you know him getting riddled with bullets and still kind of fighting off and swatting and stuff like that it's still right, right, like right. it all works and it all comes together when you wouldn't necessarily think that it would are you guys sad when he dies eh. i mean it's one of those things where i, I guess going but... in, you know i get a little there's a little bit of a yeah, you know, the, the Jackson one definitely does more of a like, this is a gentle creature who's been like, you know, the Naomi Watts calm no, they do, they, relationship they do, yeah. is stronger. But I still, the way he, he's like, oh, you know, he's dying and he picks her up again and you're afraid that he's going to fall with her. And then he sort of, it seems like, and maybe I was just reading into it because I'm sensitive. But there seems to be this sort of glimmer that goes across the stop motion creature's face of, I need to make sure you're okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does put I it down gently was... right there. Yeah. I just thought it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> he's a nice boy. I think no, he's I a mean, nice I mean, boy. Yeah, I mean... You're right. You're right, Bridget. It's it's with this one. He's not very sentimental. He's not doesn't show a lot of emotion, unlike the Jackson one, which I love because it it made, you know, uh, what's his face? Who uh, who mo gapped it? Andy Circus. Andy Circus. Yeah, that's right. That it, it it was a lot more emotive by the time the Driscoll character showed up in, in the Jackson one. You understood that like Kong and her had such a relationship, and she was dancing with him and doing whatever beforehand. There was none of that here. Like she was terrified the entire time, and then they could have achieved that here. It wasn't too hard. They're not. It's not. We're not asking for more claymation or uh, facts work or anything like that. They could have easily have introduced that Kong was a little more sympathetic to her being there. And it, it, like calming her down at least because she was screaming the entire fucking time. Yeah, I that was the one thing that I think with the Jackson version I like over this one. Yeah, and I think and that comes too from you have to be able to animate a face well, which we've established throughout <laughs> today's episode. This film they didn't for whatever reason they were not capable of doing, but I do. I do think there's a little, just a little, little bit of tenderness right at the end when he there, dies. There, there is. There, there's a little bit because he's constantly fighting off the jets from hurting her and doing all that. But 
Yeah. And There's... technically he loses his mind too because he thinks the flash bulbs are hurting her. It's not because mm-hmm. he's angry on his own behalf. Right, right. Yeah, he thinks that she's under under fire. Because he would have also seen similar flashes with the guns that would have been going off on the island. So it's immediately a like a PTSD kind of situation for him. Even though it was, you know, however many weeks ago, it's still obviously very fresh. Mm-hmm. So the the one thing that happens after the fall and after the death is something that the first time I watched it, I like I laughed, but not in a good way. And then this time I laughed again and not in a good way. And it's the line oh. that that Denim said where they're like, I can't believe the planes. They got him. And he's like, wasn't planes that killed the beast. It was beauty, beauty. that killed the beast. And I'm oh. like, dude, no. <laughs> well, well that, ever the that, showman. That's a that's the same line that Jack Black does at the end of uh, Jack as well. So mm-hmm. it's. What did you think of the delivery here? Because I just it's so cringy. Yeah, no, it's it's it, 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 it's bad. It's not it's not good. Um, but <laughs> it's and I know it's to his character, but every time I hear it, I'm just like, no, no, it's so bad. It's not as cool as you. It's not the cool mic drop yeah. moment you think it is. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it would have been a mic drop then. I like I, I don't know if this is something that I can't think of another moment in film that is similar to this that has that same kind of line but it just it feels played out before he's even finished his sentence when I think part of that is because we get the title card at the beginning that has the Arabian proverb that basically Mm -hmm. is like beauty can kill the beast and then the outfit that she tries on on the boat is the beauty outfit. Then mm-hmm. he refers to her as the beauty and the beast, I think, once more on the island. Then he refers to her again as that on the stage right before the unveiling. And then he delivers the line. It's like, dude, we get it. Beauty and the beast. I yeah, understand. It, it, it's played hard. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like if there was if there was just that line, it wouldn't have been as bad. It probably would have actually been a really cool line. Had it just been the one instance of it, because you'd be like, aha, yes, beauty did, in fact, kill the beast. <laughs> um, but because she's referred to as the beauty and it that it tries to set that up so many times throughout, I just I cringe every time I hear it. Yeah. In in the lines defense, people were afraid that trains were driving directly at them at the movie. So who's to say that they would have, you know, not been dazzled by this sort of rhetorical I, device i, I mean, can't it's a line. Yeah. <laughs> back then they must have been floored absolutely floored it probably would have been a lot like what the audience is like when the unveiling first happens of just like there would have been people that probably would have stood up panicked and been like oh my god are those those monkeys that size are real i can't yeah. believe it. there's no yeah, other way it, you yeah it does. The, the world is so new to a lot of people back then yeah yeah, well, yeah there would have been traveled outside of your state or your country mm-hmm. there no would have been a brian there gripping his fiance's arm like are there really apes that big <laughs> you need to tell me could this happen do they have gun firing capabilities are they real and are they armed <laughs> So yeah, anything else that you guys want to uh, touch on? Because we've now reached the uh, the ending of the film. No. Yeah, I well, listen, chef kiss. Chef kiss. <laughs> chef kiss. Yeah, no, it really is a chef kiss for me. Um, I I absolutely loved this movie. I'm going to be watching it again very soon. I'm very excited for the next 
few uh, podcasts that we have with Godzilla because Godzilla is a different beast with this. I mean, literally. we're talking about what was that? I said literally. Literally, yeah, I, literally a different beast. But talking about how they filmed a gigantic beast for this movie 20 years later, I'm excited to see because you, you both have not seen the original Godzilla, right? I have not, no. no okay. I've, I've seen Godzilla films, but I couldn't say which ones, and it's definitely right, not the original. Right, right. I will say, because I have seen the original Godzilla very recently, this King Kong is terrifying like this i'm I'm not nervous but i'm uh apprehensive to say that godzilla as scary as king kong in this but uh yeah i i i love this movie this is this is this is great this is a good one yeah good i i i'm so glad because i mean some of the ones that we showed you thus far you've you know been lukewarm on some you've enjoyed some but none of them have you been this excited so i'm, I'm glad that, oh no yeah this is my favorite one so far nice i'm glad that, that we were able to kind of blow you out of the water here we were able to give you an eighth wonder so to speak really shock you <laughs> show you something you've never ever seen before i love it <laughs> so well that's awesome uh so bridget i just want to get one confirmation from you because you were kind of a little wishy-washy in the beginning had you seen this movie no absolutely not (laughs) absolutely not this if i had seen it as a as a young girl uh a therapy would have been started sooner would have been terrified it looks that good doesn't it it's not like it's not it does it does it it holds so well it's so crazy it it looks so intense and his little body bouncing off the side of the Empire State Building. Like, I would not have been able to forget that. <laughs> that if oh, I had ever he seen di- this. He dings down on all the different tiers on the way down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that would have burned in my brain. Mm. So there you go. So I'm glad we were able to show it to you then as well. Yes. And that you both enjoyed it. So what a fun, what a fun evening. So happy for both of you that you were able to finally see this and uh, get the monkey off your back, so to speak. <laughs> yes. That's my mic drop. Uh, Beauty killed the beast line there. Um, so I think we will end on that uh, and wrap up this week's episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine, I'll Watch It on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of the original King Kong, the King Kong franchise. Are you excited for the upcoming Kong versus Godzilla, which obviously we will be talking more about because, as we mentioned up top, next week we will be covering the original Godzilla from the 50s. Uh, so you can look forward to that as well as uh, some other things in what we are calling our uh, March Monster Madness Month. So you can join us next week, uh, same time, same places. But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Johnny. And I'm Bridget. And thanks so much for listening.